I feel like mothering flows more effortlessly and pleasantly um, when we just be ourselves instead of trying to get it right. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we hear from Leah and we discuss how faith and love can help shape our perspective in motherhood. Okay, so before this episode begins, I just want to say I know mamas, we are all so busy all the time. And if you can, I strongly encourage you to use this episode as a moment that you can grab a cup of coffee and just sit down or go to your favorite coffee shop and really just take time to enjoy this conversation and see what you get from it. If not, I totally understand and I completely get it and I just appreciate so much from all of you who are listening and and spending your time enjoying these conversations. So here we go. Hello and welcome. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Well, um, I am a mother of three and I love um, birth and I love Jesus and people like Sarah. And um, yeah, I... I'm in the process of becoming a certified life coach. I'm a doula, um, which pertains both to life coaching and birth. Sometimes I help my husband build houses. We just finished building the house that we're in right now. We built, um, I think, like six or seven tiny houses. And we just love beauty and simplicity and. rest how long have you been a doula for um about two and a half years i think and what made you want to start doing that um well i i think after i became a doula i started looking back and seeing um ways that i was like called to it when i was even in high school um but like I've always just had this like thing in my heart that I've just wanted to serve. Like I love serving in restaurants. I did that a lot, a lot of times. Um, I love serving beautiful experiences and empowering people and supporting them through a process. So when it came to birth and after birthing Celeste, um, I read a book by Ina May and. Um, was just fascinated with the birth part so I just kept studying and learning and um, then I just wanted to give or help 
empower women to have beautiful birth experiences because I believe that we were made for it. So, um, yeah. That's um, awesome. So how old are all of your babies? So Celeste is my first. She's six. And then I have Kyle, who's four. And Ariel is one and a half. So what else is there about you that you would like to tell us about? What are some things that you like to do? My favorite thing to do is drink a really good cup of craft coffee with a friend in a beautiful place and um, talk and listen <laughs> and just um, learn. I feel like so many times when I'm talking to a friend like in a beautiful experience like we end up seeing more than we saw before both of us so um, yeah that's one of my favorite things to do that's great and now is that something that like you've always kind of experienced or or fell into or what kind of got you into that mindset of just you know cultivating those I think Maybe just, um, you know, as I've had conversations with people and um, whatever they're talking about, I mean, I remember many times just being so drawn to other people having a conversation that was very real and deep and meaningful, like a heart-to-heart kind of conversation. And I would just go and sit and listen because I wanted and I would sometimes take notes because I just wanted, I loved what they were saying. I loved what they were seeing. And I wanted to see that way. And I wanted to, um, I don't know, I wanted to think that way. Not necessarily a way that you learn, like reading information, but more of like their perspective, I guess. Um, it just felt, made me feel so alive. And so I think then I just started to notice how much I loved that and wanted to, like, do that. I don't know. I guess it kind of just started to come naturally because I loved coffee and I love beautiful things. So I would start to point out beautiful things when I'm with a friend. And then um, we would both end up um, enjoying the whole experience. And then as I've gotten to know myself better, I've realized, wow, I'm like, smiling the most when I walk away from those experiences so I want to give that to other people that's awesome yeah I think you and I share that uh curiosity for sort of seeing something that we enjoy and love and and want in our lives and then we kind of like go and chase it right (laughs) (laughs) like how how can I make that be a part of something that I get to experience too and like then how can I share it you know not only kind of like going out and getting it for yourself but like oh I can go out I can figure out how to have these beautiful conversations and then I can um, duplicate it is that the right word and I can like repeat it and and able like be able to open that experience up to other people and hopefully if they like it too then that's great right and I feel like I mean we're always still in process but I feel like even right now I'm 
in a funny place of learning that like how to release people in that part of my process where I get so excited I want to share things with people because I think they'll have the same experience I had and then I find out that it's not really repeatable and it's not really releasing to like to it's almost like I feel like this worked for me it'll work for you too <laughs> and and it's more of like just me choosing to be more aware of who I am and what I love and then do that and live that and if people like it then they will want to come have that too (laughs) yeah I don't know yeah I think that's something that I've definitely been struggling with too you know you get so excited you're like oh my gosh this is amazing I'm so excited about this everybody needs to know this and then and then we have to kind of like take a step back and like accept that maybe they're not there yet and maybe they're not at that place but it doesn't mean that they won't be it doesn't mean that it's not necessarily something that they don't want but we all have to kind of experience those moments on our own time yeah yeah totally and we always will perceive it from our own life experience and perspective and everything we've accrued so far so it's always going to be different even if they like it too it's going to be different (laughs) for them every individual fingerprinted person you know I love just like thinking deep about stuff and kind of like evaluating our lives and wondering you know why we're doing things and, and what we want to have in our lives and and what we need to release like through our our lives so I think putting all that together and how has that kind of like shifted or amplified since becoming a mom yeah I think when I became a mother I guess I didn't realize that I I was a mother um even while I was pregnant um with my first daughter Um, and I think I kind of, I felt so insecure about becoming a mother because I felt like I didn't know enough. Um, I felt like it wasn't really my design. I wasn't really, um, I don't know. I just felt like I don't know anything about kids or babies. (laughs) I'm glad my husband does. He can be the mother. But, um, but yeah, as I feel like I, I spent a lot of time, probably a few years worrying about, um, not being enough and, um, getting it right. And if like, how am I going to like help this little being (laughs) to have everything they need? Um, so I feel like in a way. I didn't really maintain the same mindset of like, I love serving and love being with people. It was almost like, okay, I can have a baby and I can still do everything I've always done. And we'll just fit this baby into it. Um, Instead of like, I think more, more 
of the reality of it is you, you become a mother. It's not necessarily like a new, like the next stage as in like a hierarchy, but it's more of just like a, a role and a season. And I don't know where, where kids are not, they're not just like an inhibition to me doing life the way that I do life and what makes me come alive and I think I kind of fall into that mindset a lot where I'll think um how do I get this done with this little person when I was pregnant with my third with Ariel I um I felt like God was speaking to me about little beings little people little babies and how they're not so vulnerable and empty um that we make them into who they are but that they have a design and um they are a person um and we're like discovering that with them and the way we discover anyone as in like what we were just talking about like sitting down with a friend and having conversations the only way you're going to discover a friend is by listening and really listening like leaning in um paying attention where you're not trying to come up with the next thing to say you're not thinking a defensive like yeah oh yeah i have this to say but like really listening where you're taking it in all as this new mystery and then processing it and responding to it and i feel like that is what i was seeing when i was pregnant with ariel that even this little person like how beautiful the design that when the baby's first born mama and baby are just made to be together and connect and rest and enjoy each other for weeks and um i've I feel like that time is like this sweet, like set apart, very special time where we lean in and listen to our baby. And it's like, listen to what? <laughs> it's like, just be in awe of them. Like, not in all like, they're so innocent, there's nothing wrong with them. and But like, get to know them, like listen and look at them and connect with them and like take every opportunity to do that in that beginning stage I feel like kind of like set me up to view Ariel that way as she's growing too um to view her as a person I get to discover and learn from and I feel like that's helped me with my other kids too because it's made me less worried about trying to make sure I get it right, do all the things to make sure that they're not sick or they don't have this problem, make sure I do all the responsible mother things. But it's almost like those things just kind of come as I'm listening to my kids, as I'm like looking at them and seeing what they have to bring to the table. And even if they don't talk. <laughs> So, um, yeah, yeah, I think there's something so powerful in all of that and really just, you know, taking time to understand that 
they are a little person and and they know so much more than we can even understand. Like they might not be able to talk, but they know what's going on and, and so much is changing in the world around them. And we need to acknowledge that and kind of, you know, understand that like we are going through a whole new process and perspective too. And like, it's a, it's a learning process for both of us. Right. Right. Cause I felt like I remembered saying many times with Celeste, I was so worried when she was like almost three years old. Cause I'm like, she's going to start having memories. I better figure out how to be a parent before she turns three. <laughs> and, and I was so worried about that. Um, and I guess I can still feel the fear come up, but I know that parenting is like mothering is my context to learn. And the point was never for me to show her what a perfect parent was or to love her perfectly. Like I'm just here to kind of give her an experience of what love can look like from a mother and um, point her to love that's bigger than me (laughs) like perfect yeah and I think right I think that's that's awesome that you know you're you're not trying to like oh like it needs to be this way or it needs to be that way and I think like right now like I mean I guess it's been the same case for moms for years but there's always those like external factors of what being a mom needs to look like and all these responsibilities and things and such and you know like you're how you were saying you were afraid like am I doing it right or she's going to start to remember and and I need to do this and do that and honestly like in in any situation any mom I think we're all we're all doing our best and we're all doing exactly what we are supposed to do. So I think, I think that has helped me a lot. I think at first I tried to almost control the situation too much and kind of, you know, it needs to be like this and it needs to be like that. And like, this needs to happen. And like, I tried to just like factor in any sort of situation and, and just make sure I was doing it right. And I think now I've kind of fallen into a that like relaxed phase of it's going to be exactly how it's supposed to be. And like, I need to almost surrender those feelings of control and and trust more that you know things will work out in a manner that they're supposed to and like you said we're just here to give them that experience mm-hmm. right and I feel like even the the posture of like learning from them reminds us that we I mean we already know we don't have it all together but yeah, like you look into their eyes, like your eyes are the window to your soul. You look into a little person's eyes like over and over again. Like if you really look like while you're listening, like you see perfect love. 
you see like uninhibited faith um, and you see who they are and that connection and that perfect love pushes all the fear out and control goes too <laughs> if you let it <laughs> um, because you kind of get like awestruck and in love um, which is what we're made to do even the science of our bodies like the chemicals in our bodies like show us that that is what we're made to do when we look at our babies when we interact with them when we talk to them it's just when we get like overtired and they need to sleep and they're not sleeping and somebody said try this and somebody said try this and we're really just stressed out about a hundred things and not sure if they have a lip tie or a tongue tie and and maybe they have thrush and ten other things then we're like trying to fix our kid <laughs> and I'm not saying that those things are not um, pertinent to any situation but we get so we get in fix-it mode and lose sight of we're like well I can't sit down and just look into their eyes when they're crying and they're not sleeping like but sometimes it's just that weirdo paradox thing where you just do need to sit and listen and drink some more milk <laughs> And, and cuddle by a pretty window and get your favorite pillow and something nice to look at. And Yeah, and I know that's something that, I mean, almost always comes up in conversation when you and I are talking, but that, that resting and that moment of rest and just giving yourself that time to almost step back and and be patient with what's going on. Um, actually, there's like a science behind rest too. I don't claim to know all of it or I'm not going to talk about it, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It's not yeah. just um, <laughs> When or, or where did you kind of like come to that conclusion and where have you seen it's been helpful to rest? When I was in Nepal, um, we were there for a couple months, our whole family, before Ariel was born. So me and Daniel and our kids. Um, we were, I think we were there for two and a half months and we were sick almost the whole time. And I just kept, I, like it would go in circles. So it wasn't one person sick the whole time, but I just felt like the whole time we were there, I felt like God just kept saying to me, rest. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what you mean, rest. I'm sick. He's <laughs> like, like, rest. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to rest when I'm throwing up? <laughs> and um, how am I supposed to rest when my kids are waking up screaming and crying? And so I felt like that was kind of the beginning of it. And he just kept saying it to me in different ways. I felt it in my heart. I heard people would like, Somebody gave me the scripture, Hebrews 4, which talks about entering his rest and how important it is. Um, so I just felt like for years, I just kept asking, what do you mean? I don't know what you mean. Like, And 
and then I feel like even when I was pregnant with Ariel, like people who didn't even know me came up to me and they're like, looked me in the eye and just said firmly, I feel like you need to rest. And I'm like, where is, what, what, what do I do? Um, am I not resting? Cause I'm trying. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, I feel like for years it has been brought to my attention. And, and then I feel like just as I become more self-aware through all of life, little processes, I've realized, like, it's when I started to recognize those things, like, where I was trying to fix everything instead of, um, it felt like the opposite of rest to me. And I also, in that process, just started to realize that when I say rest, I think people perceive it different than what I mean. So it is good to clarify, like, I don't mean, like, sleep or, like, zone out. It's more, like, when I think of rest, I think of, like, this, in rather than zoning out, you're actually zoning in and intentionally looking and listening with your ears and your eyes and your heart, your spirit, I guess. And um, like, it's like a position of heart that is like open to receive, that's patient, um, that's looking for answers, vulnerable enough to ask them. Um, and like looking for answers as in like waiting and like almost like a treasure hunt like you're looking for answers but not frantically not in a hurry like that's kind of how I perceive rest like where your body feels is physically at peace and your oxytocin and all your other awesome hormones are able to serve you um, good things because when you have stress and busyness which is like even just in your mind just being so busy in your thoughts and anxious like all of that is like it's like tearing down the oxytocin what oxytocin wants to bring to you what what the love hormone wants to bring um, so anyway I don't know even if that's clear but that's some of what I it's clear to me okay. <laughs> I think yeah and like I don't think you know as much as we've like talked about this I don't think I even fully like understood what you mean by rest and I think that just clarifies so much and it really just kind of hits even harder for me because I think bringing that awareness and it's more so just like taking time to step back and evaluate your surroundings and kind of take in everything that is being brought to you and and not trying to necessarily look for what you need to be doing but letting it just flow right on into your your being and just you know like I think a lot of the times people are kind of like looking for like, what am I supposed to do? Or like, what's the answer and things like that. And if you really just took a moment to stop and rest, you'd be surprised at what's actually around you and what 
you're you're capable of seeing like in that moment and I think I think sometimes we get so focused and in that rush and in that busy state that that we can't learn to just appreciate what's what's currently being given to us exactly and while you're saying that that reminded me Romans 12 has been like on my heart so much and it says um well actually it says in lots of different places but I feel like God is like what I'm trying to get you to do here is relax don't be so preoccupied with getting that um this what I'm quoting is not Romans 12 but (laughs) it's somewhere else too don't be so preoccupied with getting that you can't respond to God's giving. And then in Romans 12, it says something like, um, basically like the best thing you can do for God is receive what he's trying to give you. Um, because yeah, I feel like there is, there is an intentionality in it. Like when we're, when we're at rest and we're looking for something, but we're not looking for an answer to check off our box of we now we know what to do, but it's more of like we're intentionally looking for what is actually being given to us. Um, like whether it's through a baby or a person or a song or a feeling or anything. <laughs> I think that's just like awesome. And like you said, I mean, like we obviously relate to Taylor Swift on so many levels. Right. <laughs> but um, I think like her songs, you know, hit us like in like some specific ways. But I think music in general can just really help you relate to knowing that like there's other people that have been through situations and like even just diving into that a little bit more and like taking in you know like how many times are you honestly like sitting there and then all of a sudden like you hear a song in the background that is so fitting to what you need to hear and it's like well like this is like a really weird coincidence or whatever like I mean like there's been so many times that I'm like driving in the car just listening to the radio and even in that like you know when you control like what you're listening to or what you're looking at then like you're limited to only accepting what what you're playing but if you kind of like just put your radio on on random (laughs) yeah but I it's like in those moments that you really kind of just like you you let go of control and and things just flow into your senses I guess that it like you know everything that is around us I feel is is perfectly placed yeah yeah I totally agree and I know that there's I feel like it's like that what what you called curiosity it's like that to me it feels like a lean in posture of like wanting to find the treasure all around you so if a random song comes on and then you're like "Ooh, I wonder what the treasure is in here or um sometimes I'll just have a song that I'll wake up and I have a song in my head and I'll hear it all day long for days so 
like, oh, I bet there's a treasure in there. So I'll just intentionally play that song on repeat until I find the treasure. <laughs> um, that reminds me of like the very first time that we met and we were sitting in that uh, coffee shop and we were talking about, you know, like that little golden nugget. Like I, re- I remember this conversation so vividly because I enjoyed it so much, but that little piece of gold that's kind of been buried down in the dirt that we've kind of like compiled and and filled our life with and and once you kind of like start to pick away at that you know you always hear that comparison of like the onion with like the layers and things like that but like like looking at it as as that as that piece of gold that's like underneath all of that dirt and like once you see like a glimpse of it it's it's really hard to stop wanting (laughs) to like pull off all the dirt and and find that because that's like true passion for something that like is calling to you and I think I think you know like once I kind of like have seen that it's 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 just like sparked so much more of my curiosity inside of me and it's like yes like that's what I want to go towards this lights me up like uh-huh. give me more of that right? I know <laughs> I love that about you and that reminds me of another verse which has been on my heart a lot lately in James I know we both read James um but it says, whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye, and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. And that person will find delight and affirmation in the action. And I just feel like what you were just describing, which is also what I'm feeling all the time, is like, you just feel like you caught like a glimpse out of the corner of your eye of this like how do you describe it I don't know it feels like revelation like something of God I don't know like the free life and we're like sticking with it because we're just we're like man I just got a glimpse but you're like you can't stop you have to see more and then I feel like I need that encouragement that we're not distracted scatterbrains, but we are men, men and women of action <laughs> and find delight and affirmation in the action. Yeah. And I think like sometimes it is hard to kind of not let life scatter you around. I think, I think especially in like our current living and stuff, it, it's hard to not get pulled in every single di- like single which way and in becoming a mom like now you have you have another life that is is you know relying on you and and pulling you again somewhere else and like wanting to be intentional about it and wanting to hold on to that gets harder but we have to make it a part of our life and we have to be willing and and wanting to continue to like pull towards that no matter what it is right yeah and I feel like the more that we are um yeah the more that we like press into just being ourselves the more that that kind of just 
I feel like mothering flows more effortlessly and pleasantly um, when we just be ourselves instead of trying to get it right. And then, you know, I think it's important, like I'm learning, you know, now kind of, you know, how do I want Rosie to perceive me and, and what lessons do I want to teach her? And, you know, I was like thinking about what I want for her and what I want her to like feel and, and believe in. I was kind of like, well, why am I not telling myself these things? I feel like if I'm not believing it myself and I'm not truly embodying that, how am I possibly going to pass that on to her? And I think, you know, it's almost like retreating back to those childlike tendencies almost and and being a child again and, and you know, play with your kids, jump around with them, hop over... <laughs> brick walls with them right exactly go on the playground and swing on the swing like feel that excitement feel that joy and and go through those experiences with them and and find find that little I don't know bit of excitement again and I I think it's been like a really beautiful experience that I've been going through that for for so long I was kind of just like stuck in a way of well this is this and that is that and this is how it's gonna be and then like now having her I've kind of been able to be curious again and explore again and 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 share those feelings of you know all the Disney movies and things like that so much treasure there too Yes, and being a princess. So much, yes. We talk about that often. Yes, well, it's your name, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just dreaming again and, yeah. right. and enjoying the beauty of life, I think. Right. right, yeah, I know. And I feel like the moments where I get kind of stuck in a rut as a mother and like hey I have to get these things done and I have to then my kids become something I have to bring along while I do it instead of like I mean as simple as grocery shopping sometimes my mindset is oh I'm gonna try to get in and out as quick as I can I'm gonna try to okay here's the rules and try to keep everything like really I'm trying to be quick and efficient and I feel this like kind of like a little bit of stress the whole time before I even leave till the time I get back instead of like I don't know when I was single I would go to the grocery store and be so excited and look for opportunities to talk to people and even if I only got to say a few things I just wanted to look them in the eye and and say something encouraging or get to know someone and then I thought well when I have kids then I'll just you know people love kids so then I'll get to talk to more people and encourage more people and then I didn't because I got in such a rut of trying to get in and out of the store that I kind of like forgot a piece of who I am um and really my kids are like they remind me 
to have fun, like you're saying, to smile. Not to destroy the grocery store, but I mean, like, it doesn't have to be stressful. It can just be something we do together. They can have input. They can sometimes people stop because they're so cute. And then that's your opportunity. Like, it's not an inhibition. It's an opportunity to get more opportunities um, to be yourself. So, and I feel like just discovering more and more of who I am. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a really good way of looking at it and seeing, you know, every little bit of something as an opportunity versus like an inconvenience or, or something like that. You know, I think, I think my, my patience has definitely, um, been tested as being a mom I think any mom can say that but um trying to like take the time and realize you know this this is an opportunity it might be stressful but is it stressful because of how you're perceiving it or you know is it actually danger or something you know what I mean like I think I think it's all changing that perspective and trying to look at it, I guess, in a in a different light and kind of like, what am I learning here? <laughs> Why am I being like tested again? And um, I think I think that's definitely something that I'm still like working on, but at least I'm like aware of it now. And I think being aware of like why do I feel these emotions and like, why is this coming up? And like, okay, I'm angry right now. Like what made me angry? Like what's really the root of this? And, and I think just like looking into my emotions and my feelings as, as signs and triggers into something that's a part of the bigger picture. It's huge. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And I feel like as I've, I don't know, like as I'm becoming more aware of myself, like as you're just explaining, like a lot of times in the moment, it's even though I'm more aware, it's hard to think. Um, and it's hard to know what to think. So um, I feel like my go-to tool has just become forgiveness and releasing because um even if I like if I'm I don't know I just said to my daughter this morning my six-year-old Celeste I was like do you think you're gonna grow up and be like the best person at forgiving because you got to practice so much with forgiving me all the time (laughs) like I feel like it's good practice for me in my daily life I'm like I'm sorry will you forgive me And even with other people, like if I get angry or if I get offended in a situation that I'm like, okay, I'm going to choose to forgive right now and then I'll figure it out (laughs) because um, otherwise I can't even think. I can't even process my anger or sadness because I can't see clearly. (laughs) What did she say to you when you said that? she I don't know I think she just (laughs) she was like what you're silly or no and I don't know but 
to me, it's just part of my me being self-aware. Like, I want her to be good at forgiving people. We talk about it a lot, so. But it's in the practical, like, everyday life situations that it matters. So, yeah, yeah, it's good for her to get used to her mom saying I'm sorry. And I think there's something so powerful in that too, like telling our children we're sorry and that we have faults and that we're not perfect all the time. And, you know, getting on that mutual level of like, it's okay to not have everything all put together all the time and and really expressing that. Like, I want Rosie to know like all sides of me. Like there's definitely some things that, you know, she can wait to find out about until she's older and things like that. But I don't want to filter myself for her. I want to be as much of myself as I can be for her because I think I think there's something beautiful and fully embracing who we are and opening that up, especially to the people that we love the most. Right. Yes. I feel like you are giving your Rosie such a good example of being authentic and that is like a tool that she'll need no matter if she's like you or not like you in a hundred different things. It's like empowering her to know what it's like to be yourself and be okay. And it's helping me. Like, I think, like, I feel like I would have so much anxiety and stress if I like couldn't express something fully to her or like you know if like I didn't allow myself to get angry or or allow myself to feel like a hundred percent around her I feel like that would be such a a struggle to try to work around so I think I noticed that like pretty early on and I've even like kind of expressed that to others around me like I'm like why am I you know what like I don't need to hide myself I mean like there's certain things that we kind of refrain from or like you know like be polite and things like that but like you know I think I think if you're not fully opening yourself up and and showing who you are you're missing out on so much so because you don't know who that's gonna like resonate with um, earlier, I don't know if this really applies or not, but when you were you were saying like, how can I give to Rosie um, something I'm not receiving for myself? It reminded me like I have thought about that so much recently um, because there's this lady in the Bible named Naomi. I forgot what her other name was, but she oh Mara. I forget which one is which now, so it probably doesn't matter. But anyway, her friends saw her and they're like, oh, we haven't seen you forever. And um, they're like, how are you? And calling her by name. And she said, don't call me that. Call me bitter. And um, because she had had a lot of bad things happen in her life. and She had a reason to be bitter. Um, but then that same lady went and blessed her daughter-in-law and was like, go. Um, be blessed and you'll find a husband everything will work out for you and I, I pray this blessing over you and then the thought of like okay if 
if Naomi doesn't believe it for herself, then she says, call me bitter because God has not been good to me. Do you think as the person she was praying for that you could receive that blessing? Like if she doesn't believe it for her, why would she pray that for me? You know, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I better believe that God can bless me if I'm going to pray a blessing over other people. Yeah, better have like a heart that believes what he says to me. Um, not like better, but like it benefits me and it benefits others for me to believe what he said, what he wants to give to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like a, a really big thing. And a lot of people think like, you know, like what makes me special or like, you know, like, oh, like that's never going to happen to me or like something like that. And it's like, why not? Like, you know, right. Get out of the victim seat and it will. Yeah. Yeah. And I think <laughs> like just like looking at your life and knowing that it is possible for you, what's possible for others. And, and you, you can't be like, oh, like, yeah, maybe that will happen for you, but not me. Like we, we have to believe in those things because if you're not believing in it, then yeah, why, why would it happen? But at least, at least believe in that possibility and have, have hope that that's out there. In my mind, it goes back to design because I don't know, like, yeah, if you're, if you, if you're like digging into what your design is, like what your gifting is, like who you are and what you're made to bring or to do or designed to do, like of course you can do that. Yeah, like if you if you were to just randomly think like, um, that person is an amazing singer. Um, I could never be like them. I mean, maybe instead of, like, just dreaming big that you could be a great singer, you could, like, dig into what are you designed to do and then even just imagine the depth and the fullness of what that could look like. Like, your design, full, alive, free, like, bigger than you could ever dream. Well, if it's in your design, then you can definitely believe for that. <laughs> Um, but otherwise, if we're just like looking at other people's, like what's coming out of them and like, oh, I could never do that. Then yeah, you, you probably can't cause you're not designed for it, but I mean, you could try and that's fine, but you'd be a lot more encouraged if you just do what you were made to do and you would probably do way more in that area. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the things that we are designed to do, that's what we feel compelled to go towards. That's our, that's our gold that's buried underneath of the dirt. You know, you're, you're going to find it, you're going to see it and you're going to want nothing more than to have that little bit of that. And I, I think like, if it's something like, yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to be six foot tall or 
I'm not going to be a singer, but like, I don't feel compelled to do those things. I'm not looking for that. I'm not seeking that. And I think, you know, if we have a hope for it, if we have a passion for it, that that's a calling to point us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Right. I know so many times where I've t- like, I love trying to discover people's giftings and just pieces of their design because it's so much fun. I know I hit it as soon as they say, well, if I could, I that's exactly what I would want to do. Like as if they don't think that they ever could or they never imagined that, but it's like the deepest desire of their heart. I'm like, hit it. <laughs> that's that's in that's actually what you're made for (laughs) yeah I think like what I've been struggling with a little bit now too though is um like like with like Job and stuff you know like things things might happen to us that we struggle with and are hard and it's out of our control but like there's you know having a passion and feeling like you want to go towards that that goal, that dream, that, that vision. But then, you know, like we are not in control. We might have that hope. We might have that idea of, of what we're striving for, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly where we're going to be. And I think, again, letting go of that control, resting more and like spitting our desires out into like exist, existing, but then, then being open to however that is going to come to fruition, then, then, you know, like that's not up to us. And I think, I think that's where I struggle with because I think like a lot of people misinterpret that in a way. Yeah, totally. That reminds me of a song, (laughs) Um, which I don't fully understand even in the song, but he says, if if I ever find myself in the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, like this like culmination of like making a decision, I'm like leaning into the song, like, what's he going to say? That's right where I feel like I'm at. Okay, what what's he gonna say? And then he just says, "I know I will never be alone." And I'm like, "Really? I feel alone." <laughs> I'm like, "Is that the answer?" But it also just feels so powerful to me, like that piece of the song, like the whole song. But I just feel like. I don't know. There's so many times where people would ask Jesus questions and he they'd be leaning in to listen and then he would say something that sounded totally irrelevant and it wasn't irrelevant. It was just um it just sounded like it didn't answer their question. Like I asked you and then he says something completely different and that's what I feel like when I'm leaning into that song like ah, what's 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 he gonna say and then he says I will never be alone to me it feels unrelated but at the same time it also feels like the key that I actually need because I feel like in that space between 
where I used to be and this reckoning, God is like, he's doing something inside of me. He's building this confidence that he is with me. <laughs> and it doesn't sound that revelatory, but I feel like it's more revelatory inside my spirit, like the deep, deep parts of us. Um, so I don't know. I feel like there's more to it than I see, but. Yeah, I don't. And this might be like completely like irrelevant and weird too. But like, as you were saying that, I kind of got like a nudge on my shoulder of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, I think a lot of it is like in that, like, you know, like they say, like, try to like be in the present moment and things like that and, and whatnot. But like, sometimes we do need to reflect on our past and things that we have heard before and use all of that to be able to evaluate the present, you know, like. It's so funny that we try to use words to explain this because I feel like I I agree a hundred percent, but then at the same time, you know, anybody could take what you just said and then sit there and think, okay, now I need to reanalyze everything. And it's like, yes, take it all in to account, but from a place of rest <laughs> where your, where your, where your actual body is like, your actual chemicals inside your body are at peace and alive. You know, my mind and how I was kind of like raised and like what I went through, I, I have always struggled with wanting to know the answer and wanting to know what's right and what's wrong and what's correct. And I think what I've been learning more recently is that you know, it's good to have that curiosity. It's good to keep learning and keep educating yourself and, and going in that direction. But know that we are not going to know all the answers because we're not supposed to. <laughs> like, we're supposed to embrace the, the beauty of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, which also reminds me of Job, how you were talking about that earlier. It's like, I get to the end of that book and I'm like, yeah, the unknown. Okay, I think I'll embrace that. <laughs> I don't know what to say. And I think with that comes like such a sense of peace. Like when we understand that it's not all up to us. We don't have to put the weight of the world on our shoulders. And, and, you know, as moms, like we don't have to do all things all the time, every which way, like, you know, relax and find peace and let things just go as, as they should. And I think in that, in that little like I mean obviously it takes time and like there's going to be like moments that are definitely not that at all but if you try to pull yourself back to that sense of rest and that sense of peace you know like okay look I got a little out of control but uh, I want to be aware of it and um, pull myself back to a place that's more relaxed yeah totally 
And I feel like sometimes it helps to kind of get outside of our head and like how like looking at ourselves the way that we look at our children because you would never want if Rosie was a little bit older or whatever you would never want her to carry the weight of the world on her shoulders she's your daughter like what do you want her to do you want her to um put on her pretty prettiest dress that expresses her heart and dance around the kitchen <laughs> and and just be her and and be herself like it's not like you want Rosie to to grow up and be this person who never cooks and never cleans up after herself or doesn't have any life skills, but wouldn't it be like a mother's delight to look at her daughter like cleaning while she's dancing in her pretty dress? Like, <laughs> like it's not- Why can't we do both? Right. <laughs> and, and I feel like- Sometimes we're like so hard on ourselves because we we're like working under the weight of guilt instead of living out of our true free selves, um, which comes things come much more effortlessly when we're being ourselves and when we're happy and alive. Um, so sometimes looking at ourselves as children like is a little bit easier <laughs> yeah that just made me like do a big sigh and take a, a big deep breath and just you know it, it makes me so happy that I mean even like look at how we came to me I was completely just all right yeah I'm gonna go <laughs> randomly meet this person and I just felt like you know what I need to like I need I need to go have a conversation with her and talk to her and and it has truly become like such an awesome friendship that I'm so grateful for and I, I really do feel like we have been brought to this point for a reason so yes, me too very <laughs> much so I always thoroughly enjoy our conversations and and things that we discuss and talk about so me too. I always walk away feeling more alive, more like, yeah, like I feel like I'm breathing a good breath too and like happy to go downstairs and see my kids because this conversation helped remind me of who I am and who they are. <laughs> well, I hope people that are listening to this got something out of it and felt like they were just kind of you know, sitting down with a cup of coffee, hanging out with yes. us too. So. Yes. Do you want to leave us with information on how we can get in touch with you or, or, you know, anybody that's in the Greenville area that's looking for a doula or any other services that you kind of provide? Yes. Friendship and coffee. <laughs> um, you can contact me on Facebook. Um, you I have a Facebook page that's Loving Birth Services, um, or you can, I don't know, I usually put the at symbol doula Leah Dawn. Yeah, this has been so, so good. And again, you have filled my heart with so much joy. So I just... I don't know. I love our I love our friendship and I love our conversations. 
Me too. Thank you. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience.